Welcome to Freedom Fellowship Church in Kakana, Wisconsin. We are a non-denominational, Bible-teaching Christian church. Visit us at cometofreedom.com. We hope you're encouraged by God's Word. Here's Pastor Landon Churchill with today's message. All right. We're going to get into Matthew chapter 25 again. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, mark it. And I'd like you also to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And there's a scripture we'll look at there in a moment. And this morning... Uh, as we go through this parable, it's, it's for us individually, okay? This is a word from God to you as his kid, as a part of his kingdom, a servant of his and his kingdom. Uh, but I'd like to conclude our time, if we have enough time, uh, spo- uh, just doing some church business, family business, and uh, just what the word of God speaks to us corporately as a church. So hopefully we'll have some time to get into that. But I'd like to uh, start off by praying before we jump into this passage this morning. Father, we give thanks this morning, God, that we've been able to uh, gather together in this place. In your name, we are so thankful for your word. God, it truly is a light unto our feet, um, unto our path, and we are thankful, God, just for how it works in our lives, God, how it transforms us changes us and we desire that this morning god none of us want to leave here the same way we came in god you promised to be doing a work and sanctifying and we do want to be set aside set apart well for you god that we can be about your business we know our stay here is a short one this life's about a vapor lord and eternity is a long time and I, i pray that you'd help each and every one of us to get an eternal perspective in all that we do. Lord, so please, Holy Spirit, open up our hearts. Speak to us this morning. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want to start with a story this morning. I don't normally do that, but I thought this was pretty good. Uh, John Galbraith, in his autobiography, A Life in Our Times, he had an illustration of this Emily Wilson, and I loved it. Okay, She was the family's housekeeper. It had been a weary day, and I asked Emily to hold all the calls while I had a nap. Shortly thereafter, the phone rang. Lyndon Johnson was calling from the White House. Get me Ken Galbraith. This is Lyndon Johnson. He is sleeping, Mr. President. He said not to disturb him. Well, wake him up. I want to talk to him. No, Mr. President. I work for him, not you. When I called the president back, he could scarcely or he could or scarcely control his pleasure. Tell that woman I want her here in the White House. <laughs> I like that. So do you remind yourself often ultimately of who you work for? That's what I take from that story. Who am I working for? It's God. He's the reason we're here. He's the reason we've been created. It's for him. And do you take his instructions? And I want you to be honest with yourselves here, okay? Because I believe that's when God can really work in our lives and in our hearts. Do we take his instructions as suggestions or as commands? Do you guys think that's a fair question? There's a lot of times I take them as suggestions. Sounds right, sounds good. But I like learning the hard way, God. <laughs> I'm going to do my own thing here. 
You see, the parable that set before us this morning is going to deal with service in this world, okay, while Jesus is away. So the talents we're going to consider this morning are different than those of abilities. Okay, we're going to be looking at three guys who received some talents from the Lord. And we're going to see that according to his own ability, every man's been given something. Some of you guys may be here this morning, well, I got nothing to give to God. How can I serve? What can I do? God's giving you something, okay? And what he's asking is that we do something with it, that we are faithful with it. So these talents that we're going to consider today really represent opportunities for us to use those abilities for Christ. You see, we're born with various abilities, but Christ gives us opportunities to exercise every day, I believe, those abilities. So the important thing is to be faithful when those opportunities come. So our time is not to be spent dreaming of a future day. It is to be sent or really spent in service of our absent Lord with the things that he's entrusted to us, the possessions that he's given to us. So being ready for his coming, that's really what we've been looking at over the last couple months here. Jesus spoke over and over again, hey, I'm going to go away, but I'm coming back. But while I'm away, there's some things that you need to know, and there's some things that I'm asking of you, I'm commanding of you as my bride, as my family, to be about the family business. So another parable, you guys can jot down Luke 19, 11 to 27, talk about the parable of the minas, and that's a little different, okay? There's different timing in that parable, and it was used for a different purpose. And I'm really excited about this parable that's set before us in Matthew 25 this morning. And if you consider last week's study, we looked at five virgins who represented waiting on the Lord, right? They were waiting for his return. We have here this morning servants working for him. So the key to faithfulness, I hope you're in 1 Corinthians 4, because I want us all to take a look at verse 21 together here and this is really the key i believe to this parable and what god is asking of us it says moreover it is required in stewards that one be found super talented super rich super gifted do you guys like my translation no you guys can say that really sucks pastor (laughs) what god says is what that he's faithful. That's all that God is requiring of us as stewards. Are you faithful? And a lot of times we think we need a lot of other things and God says, nope, (laughs) what I care about is, can you be faithful? That's what I'm looking for. And this word faithful really implies an unanswering adherence to a person or a thing or to an oath or a promise by which which a tie is connected there. So faithful, it's to be full of faith to be trustful, it's not simply just being trustworthy, okay? It's that faith and trust coming together. That's what God's wanting from us. So, let's turn to the parable in Matthew 25, and we'll take a look at what Jesus has for us here. And again, a parable is a story that comes along a, a point, a message. He has something that he's trying to communicate to us through a story. And I love how Jesus just lays this out simply for us. There's no wondering what is he really talking about? What does he really mean? It's pretty clear. So let's take a look at verse 14. We're going to look at 
investment strategies this morning. How many of you guys have ever gone to an investment person? Hey, let's sit down and figure out how I can save money so I can retire someday, right? You need a plan. You need a goal. You need some strategies in place. Well, God wants us to go beyond just earthly things, right? Hey, let's talk about things that are going to matter for all time, not just things that are going to be just for this life. Let's get eternally minded. So he tells us in verse 14 again, It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, and to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. Also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with him. So if we look at verse 14, we need to remember the Lord compared himself to that bridegroom, right? Now, he's a traveling man to a far country. So this traveling, what does that suggest for us? Well, it here suggests that he is gone for a season, but he will return again when his purpose is accomplished. Okay? There is a purpose right now why God is still in heaven, why Jesus hasn't returned. There's things being accomplished on earth. Okay? Chad, when did you get saved? What year? Are you saved yet? <laughs> Who knows when they got saved? Kelly. 1987. 87, 87. So Kelly, what would you think if Jesus came back in 1986? Yeah, right? Aren't you guys glad that God's been long-suffering? That you've come to a knowledge of Him? That He is the Savior of the world? That you put your faith in Him? You've been born again. You're now a child of God and you get to spend all eternity with him in heaven. That's pretty exciting. I'm glad he's long-suffering. More than anything, I want Jesus to come back. I don't know how many times this week I was just like, today would be good, Lord. Come quickly, please. You know? That'd be great. But do you guys know many got saved this week? That's what he's doing. And I'm so glad he's long-suffering. I'm glad he waited for me. You know, what a blessing. So he is going to come at some time though. Okay, we don't know the day or the hour, but we know the times and the seasons, and we know that we're living in the last days. really could be any time now. I want us to note here that the servants were his, and the goods were his. So her, the servants could not claim their persons nor their possessions as their own, all belonged to the Lord and were used for him. It's like you today, okay? Uh, they were not the owners of the money, but managers of it while the owner was away. Likewise, guys, as a steward, uh, say on a ship, okay, or a stewardess on an airplane, they don't own the plane, okay, um, or anything on the plane, yet they have a great responsibility of the things given into their care as they serve. Does that help you guys a little bit with a picture? Oh, it really isn't mine. It's all his. But we're called to serve. 
We're called to steward things while we're here. So verse 15, it says, according to his own ability. I am so thankful that that is in this parable, that Jesus shared that point. Not if you win the lottery, then I'll give some money to the poor. The point here is, hey, it's what he's given you. What he's given you today. What is your ability today? So many people are, well, Maybe if I have some time and I can do this and get some training or maybe go to school, you know, get equipped. I got to be a Christian for a while. Then I can start to serve and then I'll maybe do something. No, what is God giving you today? That's all that matters, okay? If you don't have what you need, guess what? It's not God's will for you to have it. (laughs) But he has given you something and it's being faithful with that. So Christ gives us opportunities to match those abilities so he was and is the judge of the ability of each servant so rest assured brother and sister he will bestow upon us as many talents as we can rightly use and quite as many as we shall be able to account for when he returns and it's very obvious okay um, not the number of our talents okay but it's what we make of the ones we have. That's what matters. A talent was a currency or a unit representing a lot of money. So the talents represented opportunities to use our abilities. Now, if you guys caught this, there are five, okay? Or if five were given to a person, um, well, let's think about this. One was given five bags of gold, okay? Or great treasure, talent, okay? If that person was given uh, a minimum uh, of five for whatever ability he had, um, he'd probably be destroyed if he wasn't able to rightly work with that, didn't have the ability or what was needed to do something with it. He would probably, you know, cripple under that heavy responsibility, right? Some of you guys might be like, well, why don't I have more? The Lord knows what we can handle, guys. Do you know that? He knows what we can, how much we can take. But also, if you think about the one that maybe is given one okay, to a person that has great ability, okay, he would probably be prone to sloth then. This is all I've been given, <laughs> but there's more I can do. Well, I'll just be lazy. Who cares about anything then? Okay, so God knows what's best. So in the army of... <laughs> all aren't generals, right? Think about that. It doesn't work that way. So in the church, we're not all furnished to be leaders. Sometimes we think that's what it's all about. The church doesn't need more leaders. We need more servants. That's what the church needs, guys. Also, we read in the scriptures, there's a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. God's going to give differently. So don't covet what somebody else has. Why have they been given that ability? Why do they have that talent? That's not fair. No, that's God's thing. You got an issue with God if that's your heart. So, the application for you and I, let's see these talents as anything and everything that our Lord has given to us for use here as stewards. So, what gifts and talents, natural and the supernatural, has he entrusted you with? Well, I don't know, Pastor. Well, then you need to find out. How can you be faithful if you don't know what you've been given, right? Figure it out. Pray. Sometimes we don't see ourselves clearly. Some of you guys think you're way better than you are. Some of you guys think way less of yourself than what you are. 
If you're married, ask your spouse. They're good at telling you the truth. We don't always see ourselves the way we really are, right? And that's where it's good. Hey, brother, sister, what do you see? What do you see in the way of giftings that God has given to me? And be encouraged in that. Well, I don't see myself that way. But obviously God's giving you that gift. Grow in it then. Be purposeful in that gift. There's a lot of gifts. There's money, time, opportunities, musical gifts, vocal gifts, teaching, working with children, right? Youth, elderly, drawing, photography, computers, electronics, counseling, baking, letter writing, giving, driving, hospitality, cooking skills, your education, your profession, you know, the point is, guys, the list could go on and on and on, but God doesn't leave anybody empty-handed. That's the point. You've been given something. I want to serve, I just don't know what to do. You know, I don't have the ability. You can do something, guys. You know, maybe you're good with kids. Great. I'd love to see a nursery up here. That'd be cool. Well, I can clean a toilet. I can sing. I can, just whatever God's given, just be faithful with those things. I'm going to share with you guys what R.C. Ryle said about this. He said, anything whereby we may glorify God is a talent. Our gifts, our influence, our money, our knowledge, our health, our strength, our time, our senses, our reason, our intellect, our memory, our affections, our privileges, our members of Christ's church, our advantages and possessors of the Bible, all all our talents. So our gifts, guys, and our talents are kind of like vessels. Can you guys picture that in your head? Okay. There's these vessels which may be large, some may be small, but in each case, they get filled. So a talent, one talent servant, is just as important as a five talent servant. So the woods would be silent if only the birds sang that sing the best. D.L. Moody said this, We may easily be too big for God to use, but never too small. Do you guys get that? Pride's ugly. And I love, we're living in between verses 18 and 19. You take a look there. This is where we are right now. And then it tells us in verse verse 19, after a long time. We also saw that back in chapter 24, verse 48. But suppose the master is wicked. He says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then last week in verse 5, chapter 25, the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they will all become drowsy and fell asleep. So there is a reckoning day coming. We know that from the scriptures. It is coming, brother and sister. So like famous Amos said in Amos chapter 4, verse 12. Yeah, I call him famous Amos. He says, prepare to meet your God. I love that scripture. Are you ready? Are you prepared to meet God? So Jesus goes on then in verse 20. This will be our prophet and law statement review here. Okay, so let's see what Jesus says. What's, what's the statement review? He says in verse 20, the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. 
You have been faithful in a few things, and I will make you or make you in charge of many things. Come share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold came also. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid the gold in the ground. See here what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Moreover, or sorry, for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them and thrown that worthless servant outside and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoa! Is this kind of heavy stuff? You betcha. I want, want us to catch here this morning the two wise investors. Okay, we see that in verses 20 to 23. These two wise guys. Okay, the three servants, they fell into two categories. Okay, faithful or unfaithful. Those are the two categories we're working with with these guys. So the two faithful, they put their talents to work. And I want us to note that though their talents were different, they both go to the exact uh, commendation here. Um, and we see that in verses 21 and 23. But they also both doubled their talents. So have you doubled the grace that you've been given? Are you gracious to others, guys? Okay. Do you have twice the tact? Okay. Have we du duplicated the service unto the Lord? You see, the master's commendation here um, in verses 21 and 23 really is a fourfold response. And I want you guys to catch this this morning. It's a pat on the back, right? Well done, right? Well done. And then we have a praise. You good and faithful, right? Okay. And then the third one would be the promotion. They're made a ruler or they're placed in charge of many things. So they started as servants and they were promoted then to rulers and then the fourth thing that we see there is a pronouncement okay enter into the joy you guys see that there in that verse isn't that cool enter into the joy so we get to enter into the kingdom and to sit at the master's table lighten said this it is but a little we can receive here some drops of joy that enter into us but there will or sorry but there we shall enter into joy as vessels put into a sea of happiness. And I believe that is so true, guys. 
I often tell people who are struggling with depression, anxiety, you know, it's just like, whoa, is me. This is so hard. I feel defeated. Why am I going through this? Why is it such a struggle just to get out of bed, to get out the door, to do anything? Go serve someone else. Today, find three people that you can love and serve on. Do that for a week. And then we'll talk and see how you're doing. Okay? And I talked to those people a week later. Many of them, I didn't do it. I'm still feeling cruddy. I, 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 I. And the ones that were faithfully doing it, I'm still waiting for the person to be in that place. Hasn't happened, guys. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And when we get our eyes on the Lord and see what He's up to, and we start loving people like He's asked us to do, guys, it sets us free. And I think that's part of just what Jesus is saying here. What talents is He giving you? Well, He's giving me some. Great. What are you actually doing with them? You know, Because let me tell you what, if we just hang out <laughs> and just hold on to our stuff and do nothing with it, you're going to get sick. That's just the way it works. God has not called us to be fat sheep. I want you to be well fed, but I want us to be doing something with that. We need the nutrients. We need the Word of God. But if we're just taking in all the time and not doing anything with it, we're just going to get chubby. And let me tell you what, chubby sheep don't do much. They just lay around. Okay, We need to go and do. So, uh, we need to remember faithful stewardship pleases the master more than the actual return on his investments. And I hope you guys are getting the heart of this parable. It's not God saying, hey, I need more. He's got it all. He could care less. He doesn't need anything. But as his kids, we want to please him. Okay? And part of pleasing him is just being faithful. Just being faithful. Man, I love when I give my kids a gift and they enjoy that gift, and they use that gift. What a bummer when I give them something cool, and they do nothing with it. Oh, that's cool, Dad. You know? Bummer, you know? I, I thought that was going to be a blessing to you. I thought it was something you really could use that would be helpful. So, verses 24 and 25, let's consider this one unwise investor don't bury it, hide it under a bushel. No, don't do it, right? There's a scene change that takes place in these verses. We now have this unfaithful man who buried his talents. He didn't purposely do evil, but by doing nothing, he was committing sin and robbing his Lord of service and increase. So instead of first returning the money, he gave... A little speech. So the phrase, you have what is yours, was used in Jewish transactions to say, I'm not responsible for this any further. That's the point that he was trying to make there. So he seems to wait for some uh, commendation for at least keeping it safe. Hey, it didn't get lost. It didn't get spent. It's all here. I didn't lose it. Here I kept it safe. So he tries to uh, justify his inaction. So he seemed he'd rather bring nothing at all than bring something so small. And I want us to know, guys, the one who said, oh, I can only do a little for the Lord was the one who got the serious rebuke here. Are you guys catching this? He's the one. Oh, I, can't, I can't do nothing. He's the one that's rebuked. And I want you guys to remember those five foolish virgins they erred through a vain overconfidence. These servants here, guys, through an under 
confidence that was equally vain or sinful. You guys seeing that? There's always balance with the Lord. We're exhorting Scripture not to think too highly of ourselves, right? But don't think too low of ourselves either. We need to rightly see ourselves as Christ sees us. That's why it's so good that we're in the Word of God, that we understand our identity in Christ, and we're really discerning what He's asking of us. Because some of us even can be doing a lot of things that are good ministry things, but if it's not what God's calling you to with the abilities He's given you, something's being missed. Okay, We're outside of His will. And sometimes, guys, we just got to be okay. What are you asking me to do, Lord? And that might need to change some things in your life today. You might need to take that time to really seek Him and reorganize and reprioritize what really matters. So, um, we see these two opposing rocks then on which faith is... uh, in danger of making shipwreck, we have the five virgins that thought too easy to serve the Lord, and then the servant that thought it was too hard. So where you have not sown comes up. Thomas Aquintus said this, and I like it. It says, God requireth from a man nothing but the good which he himself has showed in us. I like that. Okay? God's asking nothing of you than what he's already given to you guys. We just need to be faithful with it. So this man's words were self-contradictory and his excuse was very um, self-condemnation, really. So hard, really? Okay, he gave them the talents to begin with. (laughs) It's hard, Lord, I can't, no, I've given you what you need. Shouldn't be hard, right? And then on the other side, being afraid, okay, he blessed the two other guys. What do you have to be afraid of, okay? I've given you this. Use it. Be blessed. So fear is the mother of presumption. Um, He was a man afraid he might fall, so he never tried to succeed. And he understood, guys, what the master wanted. He wanted a return on his investment, but he chose a different course of action. Scriptures say you've been bought with a great price, brother and sister. You've been purchased for a reason. Okay? Do I know that reason? In part. Okay? Very generally, those things that the scriptures would speak to. But there are things that God is asking you specifically, individually to do that I'm not called to do. The person that's sitting next to you is not called to do. Okay? There's something that he's got for you to do. Um, he also understood, guys, um, that there's a risk, okay? So do you risk? I think that's a good question. Do you take risks? Or do you play it safe? Jesus says, what a horrible way to live, right? It's criminal to live like that, okay? Fear causes people to play it safe. I don't know about you guys, but God is love, and we're told in Scripture that perfect love casts out fear, What do we have to be fearful of? You know, I think one of the scariest things for us as Christians, a lot of you guys probably can relate, is sharing our faith with other people. Have you guys ever really kind of just stepped back and thought about it? Why is it so scary, so hard, just to share the gospel with somebody? 
Especially when it's family. Why is this so hard? It should be the greatest thing ever. What? We have hope. I have a truth that can set this person free from eternal damnation in hell. They can enjoy Jesus, know God, have eternal life. There's nothing more beautiful. But why do we find ourselves so fearful when it comes to sharing our faith? Being bold. Okay? I think, guys, we like to play it safe. We like to play it safe. I don't want to offend them because if I tell them the truth, they might never talk to me again or they might think this of me. Why do we fall into those fears, guys? I think that fear is from Satan. It's not from God. Perfect love casts out fear. What's the one thing Satan doesn't want you doing? The one thing. What would you guys say it is? Sharing your faith. That's the one. Why is there so much fear there? Where do you think it's coming from? It's coming from the enemy, guys. And I think we just need to be aware and wake up to what's really going on. So we also must ask ourselves, have we ever caused someone else to bury their talents? Okay, this ain't just about you. We are the body of Christ, whether you like it or not. Okay, we have different parts. And who are we to say, maybe you're the hand, to say to the eye, whatever. Who are we to do that? Okay? Have we within the culture of the church caused women to bury their talents? Or have we caused someone to bury their talent when we criticized an idea that they had? I know somebody, just one thing was said about their guitar playing. One thing. They have never picked up the guitar again. And they were actually a pretty good worship leader. And if they were still doing it today, they would have grown so much. We need to be careful, guys, what our little mouths speak. Be careful. Let's take a look here at the master's uh, commendation. Verse 26, let's look at. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seeds. So he condemns him out of his own mouth here. And then in verse 27, it says, well then, you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received back with interest. What's the application there? Well, if you don't do it yourself, at least contribute you know, to what others are doing. Okay? Support your local church. Support missionaries at least. Okay? And join in their capital. Okay? <laughs> I mean, I think that's the application. In the verse 28, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. So if you don't use it, you're going to what? Lose it. Wow, that's biblical? Yeah, go figure. Verse 29, and whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. And whoever does not have, even what they have, it will be taken away from them. So there is no worse crime than the crime of a wasted life or a life wasted. Nothing worse than that. Um, oh yeah. I came up a lot and does come up a lot in the jail when I'm ministering to inmates. Man, I blew it. I wrecked my life. It's over. 
Man, that is a lie from the pit of hell. You know, there's a time, guys, where we need to repent <laughs> of what we've done wrong, but we don't live in the past. We forget those things which are behind and we press towards the goal, guys. Okay? And I know some brothers now, six years in prison, okay? Some of them are looking at 25 years or more and they're running with what God has for them. Just because I'm locked up, it doesn't mean that God isn't still at work and wanting to do things through me. They're sharing their faith with their cellies, with guys in their block. They're a part, they've come along the chaplains and they're a part of the ministries in these prisons. It's beautiful, guys. Okay, so it's one of those things. We can't live in that mentality. Well, I blew it. You know, I wish I had a redo. I wish I could go back 20 years and start over and do things right. We can't do that. Okay, it's not going to change nothing. What's going to change is, okay, what is today hold? God, what are you asking me today? Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Jesus told us that. Tomorrow has its own worries. <laughs> today, guys. What does he want today? doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today. What does today hold? So, um, verse 30, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, I want you guys to catch here his fourfold response. First of all, there's no pat on the back here, right? Secondly, praise, it could not be uttered. Okay, he was wicked, he was lazy. Thirdly, promotion, no, it was a demotion that happened to this guy. And fourthly, the pronouncement, not enter in, but what? Instead, go out. Okay, that's what happened to this unfaithful servant. Now in verse 30, when it talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth, it really reflects the unspeakable anguish of being separated from God, which is far greater than any other punishment. People think, man, hell's going to be horrible, you know? But the horrible part is you're separated from God. That's the worst thing ever. Oh, it's praying for uh, Ken. I hope you're watching, Ken. <laughs> Uh, he posted something yesterday on Facebook that just broke my heart. Okay, he grew up in the church. I used to be his youth leader 20 years ago. His family, good Christian family. He went off to serve our country and he came back an atheist. And he just, he's angry at God. You know, like honestly, if you're a true atheist, you could care less about anything and about God. Like, what's the point? Why are you going to be angry at God if he doesn't exist? You're not really an atheist. Does that make sense to you guys? But anyways, he's a guy who doesn't believe in God, but he's very angry at God at the same time. I don't know how it works. But yesterday, he put up a thing on Facebook where, hey, you know, here's a picture of Pluto, I don't know, a long time ago, very blurry. And now with the uh, telescopes we have, you know, beautiful. The Hubble's taking some really cool pictures. And he's like, wow, that's amazing. And they had another picture, I forget, what it was, something to something. And then there was a picture of God, blank, and blank, you know? His point was, you can't see, so why can you believe, kind of thing. And it just broke my heart. Because it's one of those things, it's just like, <laughs> God's there whether we recognize it or not, okay? His invisible attributes are clearly seen by us as creation. You can't say there's no creator and look at creation. It just doesn't work. And then we, as the people of God, we see the hand of God in so many things. We see him doing so many things all the time. And just to deny him, that's ridiculous. You know, you can't do it. But it's one of those things that just really broke my heart. It's just like, hey, 
you know, just because I can't see physically. And it's just like, okay, you're just completely ignoring God. Honestly, if God just removed himself, even from this world that denies him, okay, if he just stepped away, do you guys know what would happen to everything instantly? We're told in Colossians, Christ holds everything together. Everything consists. If he, the things that hold us together, guys, science can't explain how we're held together. They can't do it. They can't figure it out. It's unexplainable. We know from the scriptures that it's God. If God just said, fine, we'd all just blow apart. There'd be nothing left, guys. Every breath we have, believer or non, is a gift from God. That's the reality. And for people just to deny him, it's ridiculous. So pray for Ken, if you would. I think that'd be great. God loves him a whole lot. Um, so what's the point here? If we consider what Jesus is laying out for us, he wants us just to be actively involved until he returns. Do you guys get that from this parable? Is that what he's asking us? He's coming back. Get involved in what he's doing, okay? Actively awaiting his arrival, his return. So this parable, like the one immediately before it, has to do with both real and nominal Christians. Both those who are and those who profess to be the servants of Christ. So we see in God's kingdom, there simply is no room for drones, okay? Only working bees. That's what we're called to do. So every part does its share. We, we read that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. We all have different parts. We need to do our share. Exercise your gifts. Stir up your gifts. Fan them into flame. Serve your master. And invest into your gifts. Invest. What has God given you? Great. Hone that gift. Okay? Maybe it means taking a conference. Or spend some time reading. Growing. Pouring in. Whatever is needed in that way. I believe this is a great principle for us as believers. Um, just how to live the Christian life. Because faithfulness in ordinary life brings about infinitely great results by the grace of God. That's what he's looking for, is just faithfulness. And I hope as we're going through this that God's speaking to your heart, that you're jotting down a few things like, hey, this is what God's asking me to do, just to be faithful. I want us to turn to Ephesians 4 together. I'm going to share with you guys a quote that I read this week by C.S. Lewis. I had nothing to do in preparation for study, but I was reading it, I'm like, oh, it fits for study. This is awesome, Lord. He said this once. He says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were, those precisely, the, or were precisely those who thought about the most next. So those who had that eternal perspective, they were living for eternity have the most impact upon what's going on here on planet earth right now a lot of people say hey you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good that's a lie guys i believe the more we get an eternal perspective things that are real and that are going to be for all time they're going to affect us deeply right here and right now so I want to take a look with you guys at just three passages of Scripture as we close our time together this morning. They're short. The first one's going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 here. 
Okay? And this really lays out for you and I. Okay? It's great to consider our talents. Okay? But we are a body. Okay? God is given um, many pieces <laughs> to what he is doing and how is he is working. And there is a unity, a beautiful unity that we find uh, in serving the Lord together. And I want to take, I wish I had time to go through all of Ephesians with you guys this morning, but there's a specific passage that we'll pick it up in verse 8 of chapter 4 that speaks to this. It says, Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led cap." captive and he gave gifts to men now this he ascended what does it mean but that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth he who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things and he gave him or he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. And this is why we're here, guys. This is what church is for. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children who are tossed to and fro, carried away by every wind of doctrine or by the trickery of men in a cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up all things into Jesus, into Him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, okay, the body of Christ, being joined, knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, guys, we take that very serious here. We want to see the church built up. Okay? That's why we give place to the Scriptures like we do. Okay? God has given these different giftings in the body that we would be built up. Why? So we can be about God's business, that we understand what our part is. Now, individually, we have different abilities, but those abilities, giftings, are all to be working together. So how does that work? Well, you're off doing your own thing during the week. You work there, and you got your ministry there. But there's something unique about the local body of Christ, a local church. Okay? God has called the local church to be a local body and to be working together for his efforts. And that's something I would really encourage you guys to pray about. What is your part in the church? What has God given to you that's to be a part? How are you to serve and be working with the local body? Because there's a mentality today because we're so individual in our thinking. It's all about me and what I'm doing for the Lord. I think we really miss having impact for the kingdom. Because when we come together, there are things that you have that I don't have. And if we're able to shoulder, work together, do stuff together, how much more can be accomplished? You guys ever think about that? And look around the room. We're all a little different. We're all gifted a little differently. But we all supply something to the body. And we need to be working together. That's what God's called us to do. And I believe when we humble ourselves, because when the pride's there, well, I don't need you. I'm doing my own thing. That's just pride. That's sin. But when we see that God is sovereign, and he's brought us together for a purpose. 
and we're willing just to submit and work together and do what he's asking us to do, I believe he accomplishes what he wants in that. Okay? And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be surrendered and open to what God has. But we are a body here. And let me tell you what, if any part of the body is not doing their part, you're going to look at that body and you're going to say, hey, you're disabled. Something's off. You're walking around funny, buddy. Okay? Your right arm's not working. What's up with your right arm? It's not doing its part. You can't do that job. You only got one arm. Are you going to, you guys get where Jesus is getting to here? Okay, we're to be working together as the body. And I really want to encourage you guys, how does that look? How can we be serving? Well, do we really need to be giving ourselves to the body of Christ? I don't know, guys. The scripture says do good to all, right? We're called to go minister to all, but especially to those in the household of faith. If we're not loving each other with the abilities God's given us, if we're not working together with the abilities God's given us, guys, we're going to be missing it. I love being at the pantry every Wednesday. This afternoon we have a volunteer party. There's going to be dozens of volunteers coming out. Man, a goofy bunch of people. That's, we're, all, we're all a little goofy. We're all a little different. But we all have our different giftings and our different strengths. You know? And God uses it. We work together. It's beautiful. And that's something even this morning we prayed for more laborers for the pantry. Why? Because it's something God's doing. It's a work he's doing. And when people come together and use their gifts, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Don't hide your gift, God. <laughs> Don't put it in the ground. Don't do that with the church. Don't do it with what God's asking you to do. Another passage I'd like to go to, uh, let's go to John chapter 15. We read this this morning together at prayer. I want to revisit just a couple of the scriptures that we read. It's about abiding in the true vine, Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. It's a beautiful thing when we are abiding. Because when we abide, we start bearing fruit. I found it very interesting this last Thursday morning, our men's Bible study started over in the book of Genesis. And we got through the first five verses, but as God was creating things, he's telling, hey, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. To be fruitful has been kind of stirring my head since Thursday. What does that look like, to be fruitful? What does that really mean, to be fruitful? And that got me thinking, of what Jesus said here in John 15. Um, let's look at verse 5 where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. And that is so true, guys, as we are a part of the body of Christ. We need to be abiding. We can't be, you know, off doing our own thing. You know, think good fruit's going to come of that. Okay. Tuesday morning, had a neat time of prayer with my pastor buddies. You know what we prayed about? For those brothers and sisters out there that are not plugged into church. They're not in fellowship. They're just hanging out there. And I don't know if you guys know Christians like that, but the people I know who are Christians, they tell me they're Christians, but they're not in fellowship. They're not producing fruit. Okay? Most of them are just living for themselves, just trying to make it through life, just trying to get by I'm still good, I still believe, but they're not being fruitful.
faithful. And guys, we're called not to forsake the assembling together because of the deceitfulness of sin. And let me tell you what, guys, we want to continue to stir one another onto good works. Um, also, if you look down a little farther, um, verse 8, by this my Father is glorified. We want to see God glorified. He says that you bear much fruit. I mean, that's the will of God, guys, that we're bearing much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Okay? Bearing fruit. We need to be abiding in the vine. And in doing that, we bear fruit. And one last passage. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to look at what that fruit may look like. It can look like a lot of different things. You may be saying, Pastor, this sounds really good. I'm getting what you're throwing down. I'm picking it up. But you need to know that I'm I'm an introvert. I like doing things alone and on my own. Great! Half of you are probably introverts. God made a lot of us. It's just the way it is. But I have not found the scripture yet that tells us that we need to stay isolated. That it's okay to be in that mindset of saying, because I'm an introvert, it means I don't have to deal with anybody else. I don't see that. What I do say is where God says, hey, deny yourself. You pick up my my cross and you follow me. Oh, where are you going, Jesus? Oh, you're going to people? You're loving on people? You're hanging out with people? Yeah, and I want you to come with. That's what he wants, guys. That's, he's made us relational. Is it okay to be introverted? Absolutely. Is it okay to be isolated? Not at all. Not at all. And I think some of us need that time alone. Okay? It is good to be alone. It's good to be with the Lord. It's good to have that time to think, to pray on things. Because in that, God's going to speak things to your heart that when you are with people, you're going to be able to pour out. Now, some of us just thrive on hanging out with people. And you need to knock it off and get alone with Jesus once in a while. (laughs) Because fellowship, it is a blessing. It is a gift. But we need those times when we are alone and we're able to be still and to hear the Lord. That is needed, guys. Okay, there's a balance there. But the scriptures, okay, if we are a part of the body, if we are functioning and loving one another, we're going to find, as Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 tells us, what fruit looks like. If we're abiding in the vine, we'll bear much fruit. And we see in verse 22, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, guys. Did you guys see that there? Well, I know the scripture. I learned this when I was in Sunday school. It's love. This is the fruit. And what does love look like? Well, love's going to be joyful. It's going to be peaceful. There's going to be long-suffering. You'll be kind. There's going to be goodness. There's going to be faithfulness there, as we considered this morning. Gentleness spiritual control against such there is no law and yes i'm going to read on it says and those who are christ they have crucified the flesh with the passions and desires and if we live in the spirit let us walk in the spirit and let us not become conceited provoking one another (laughs) envying one another and i think this is super applicable to where we are this morning god is giving gifts don't covet what your neighbor has be okay. God's maybe, oh, I only have one gift. Great. Praise the Lord. Be faithful with it. And can we as the body of Christ help you be faithful in that? 
Can we encourage you to use that gift? Can we help equip you to better use that gift? Amen. Sister, you got five talents. That's a lot to carry, a lot to do. Yeah. How can we be praying? How can we be helping? Okay? It's one of those things, guys, we don't look and say, well, I wish I had what they had. No. You need to be looking to Jesus. And what is he asking you to do with what he's given you? And let me tell you what, guys. I'm going here this morning because there is a great thing I believe God's done here at Freedom Fellowship. I don't think we're the best church around, and it's not about being the best. It's about doing what God's called us to do. And I think when we go to the scriptures, we humble ourselves and we say, yeah, okay, you're right, God. I'm wrong. (laughs) This is your deal. I think we should be doing this, and I should have that. When we just humbly say, hey, you're sovereign. You're doing. What are you asking? How can I be faithful with what you have? I think that's when we guys really are walking in the Spirit, when we are fulfilling what God is asking, His purposes, His mission in doing those things. So I don't know about you guys, it's just hard going it alone. How many of you guys would agree with me? Okay. Jed on Thursday came over. Okay. I had a couple meetings that day, but we spent most of the day just out back sanding the railings out back that are bad. Let me tell you what, just having a brother there with me doing that, it helped. Because I probably would have gave up after an hour. I've had enough of this. I'm out. But just having a brother there to do it with, man, we got a lot done. Still a lot more to do. So if you have a sander, join the fun. (laughs) It'll be fun. But that's the point, guys. We all have gifts and talents. And when we're using those gifts, what a blessing. Okay, I think about my wife. Hey, the 22nd. We're going to have a meeting for those who want to help out with our children's ministry. Let me tell you what, I wish every part of our body had a part in our children's ministry. It's not, well, they just do that. Well, there are going to be those that have been given special abilities to teach our children. They're going to be gifted in that. But there are gifts that God's given to you that would be a blessing to our kids. Okay, And it might not just be on a Sunday morning while service is going on. Okay? For us who have young kids, some of you guys have done your kid thing already. You have a lot of experience. You have a lot of wisdom. We can use some encouragement once in a while. We can use the prayer once in a while. Okay? We can use a night off, a date night. You know, Just practically, there's ways that we can love and serve each other. I just want to encourage you guys, because there is a lot God's doing through our little church. We're a little church, but God's given us a lot. And I kind of feel sometimes we're kind of like the, the guy that got the five talents. You know, not because we're special or we're big. It's just like, hey, I know you guys will be faithful. And I'm going to give you more and more and more. And let me tell you, one last verse. Okay, let's turn. This was my personal devotion this week that I'm going to share with some pastors. In October, we have about 30 pastors coming here uh, for a meeting. And this week, I was praying, God, what, what am I going to share with these brothers and sisters And I wanted to share something with them. I think it's in Hebrews 6 that he had spoken to my heart uh, to encourage me this week. I promise this is the last verse. Um, Is it verse 10? Oh, there it is. Chapter 6 of Hebrews, verse 10. It says, For God 
is not unjust. We know God is just, right? He's not unjust. To forget your work in labor of love, which you have shown towards his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and you do minister. Okay? It's not just a pastor's job to minister to the saints. Okay? It is all our jobs because we're all called to ministry. And we are to minister to one another. That's what God has called us to do. And God is not unjust. He's not going to forget. That's a cool verse. But I felt like the Holy Spirit nudged me to take it a step farther. Because how I've been praying this week is, Lord, I want to be able to give you more to remember. I want Freedom Fellowship to be able to have more for you to remember. And don't you think he's worthy of that, guys? Man, he's a big God. And he wants to do big things. And what is he looking for, guys? His eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for those whose hearts are loyal to him. And I pray that he finds that here at Freedom. No matter what he asks, Lord, yeah, we'll do it. We'll be faithful. Okay? It doesn't look that nice or showy or, you know, really, that type of ministry. Yeah, whatever it is, guys, we want to do it. Because Jesus kind of gets into the things in life that are kind of messy, that nobody else wants to deal with. That's our God. And I believe that's what he wants us to do, whatever he sets before us. Just, okay, Lord, we'll be faithful. Do you guys agree with me that it would be great to give him more to remember? Yeah, amen. Let's stand to our feet. We'll close in prayer. So, Father, we do thank you, uh, and we do ask of you uh, corporately together this morning. Um, we believe that greater things are yet to come because you are a great God doing great things, Lord, even in a day and an age that um, seems just to be getting more and more wicked, Father, rebellious, Lord, just anti-anything of you. We are so sorry, God, for just how sinful we are. God, and we pray that uh, you just would continue to be merciful like you always have been, Lord, since the beginning. God, you are so kind and gracious to us, and yet you're just. And that's why we look to the cross. That's why we remember what you have done for us, Jesus. And we thank you so much, Lord, for what you have begun here at Freedom Fellowship and what you're desiring to continue to do. And I I pray and ask, Lord, with my brothers and sisters here this morning, we ask that you'd stir us up, Lord, that you'd give us a, a heart, Lord, to, to love you well, to serve you well, to be faithful, to love one another. Lord, and those in our community, God, we just want to be uh, just up to what you're up to, Lord, going where you're going, to be in tune with your spirit, Lord. And forgive us, I know that it's easy for us to get selfish and what we want and what we care about, Lord. Um, yeah, help us give that eternal perspective. Help us to see the big picture, Lord. We know that's what you're into, God. You care about all. You love all, Lord. And we want to do that too. We want to do it well. I do thank you, Father, so much for these brothers and sisters and just how they do love, Lord, as we were praying earlier. Lord, just hearing a sister's heart cry, just how blessed 
Father, she is and growing in you and just the love that there is in this church. And I just want to echo that and just say thank you. God, thank you for this body, for this church family. And I pray, Lord, as people come, that we would just continue to welcome well, to love well, and just keep people uh, just on, on <laughs> that straight and narrow, Father. God, look into you. God, that's what we need. We need to... We need to be provoked. We need to be encouraged on a regular basis, Father, and we want to do that for one another. God, so please keep our eyes fixed upon you. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you, and thanks for listening to today's message. For more information on Freedom Fellowship Church or to hear other teachings, please visit our website, cometofreedom.com, or interact with us at facebook.com slash Church.